Okay, everybody, Vinny Fisher here, back with another episode of Total CEO. Hey, guys, you know, before I jump into our show today, I wanted to ask you a big question. Like, do you spend time as the CEO in your business looking at the benefits of that are all wrapped in with having a team? Like, there are so many parts to it. One, you know, you're looking at it from a standpoint of what are you offering them to stay there? But more importantly, uh, in addition to that, there's expenses attached to that. And utilization of those benefits is critical. Well, I love this subject so much that we wanted to bring a super huge guest who is an expert in the area of healthcare and the benefits that you provide to your team. So CEOs, we've got a guy who's not only a best-selling author in this kind of stuff, who knows the subject, but I want to first welcome Michael Maneri to the show. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vinny. Great to be here. Awesome. So, Michael, uh, you are the creator of Reconstructing Healthcare, and we can find you at reconstructinghealthcare.com. So, give us a, a little soundbite as to, I, I always love opening up with a big fact. Like, what, per, you know, like what percentage of, of cost goes into us providing benefits back to our team? Well, usually benefits is the second largest expense after payroll. So, I mean, you're talking a pretty significant expense yeah. for, for any employer in any industry. Yeah, that's big. That's, that's like huge. And so with all that said, like, you know, I always think about the fun about that. Like here I am, I'm the CEO thinking about our own business going, all right, great. I'm going to Michael, like, is he going to ask me questions about what our benefit plan is and who, and, and by the way, we can pick on me and to help other people. But I would tell you, I will always push people back to our COO and our, our team, our team coordinator who handles all that. And, uh, our people love our benefits, but I have absolutely no clue other than as a user as to what they are. And so am I in the norm? Um, you are in the norm. I think, I think most people are, they're, are used to having benefits that they use. They don't necessarily think about the actual cost of the benefits unless you know, they're thinking about their, their payroll deduction. But you, know, you mentioned what percentage is it that an employer spends, right? It's probably the second fixed cost that you have. But it's one of the only fixed costs that you don't have control over. And as an example, you know, healthcare costs, um, recent study by the Kaiser Family Foundation, over the last 16 years have risen 221%. Now, what other fixed cost in your business has risen at that rate? Nothing. 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 Not exactly. I mean, maybe some advertising spend on algorithmic stuff, but not nearly to that percentage, nothing like that. Right. And at least with the advertising spend, you have some control over that. Right. I mean, some, right. Uh, you know, bidding strategies aside, you're right. You're, you're right. We do. Yeah. We can choose not to go in that direction. Uh, yeah. If we get rid of our healthcare, uh, we're going to have a serious revolt with our team members. Well, well, that's just it. And, and even if you keep your health care, you may still have a result, a revolt from your employees, because what happens is as health care costs rise, you know, a lot of employers don't have the budget to continually pay more. And it's so what they do is expensive. I've never until this recent turn yeah. in our business, I've never thought about health care. I've always just thought that's a benefit we include. But unbelievable with their last administration what's going on now the costs are unbelievably expensive well and that's just it and so it's it's unsustainable in its current you know form and you know simply passing off more costs to employees that's not the answer i mean if you look at what 
employees are paying uh, you know, out of their own pockets just to have the insurance and then what they're paying on out-of-pocket expenses and deductibles, it's, it's crazy. All right, so here we are. We're, we're with Michael Maneri from uh, Reconstructing Healthcare. You can find him at reconstructinghealthcare.com. We got a, a link for that here in the show. You can grab that. Michael, it, it, I get it. It's not for passing on costs to employees. That's not the solution. If that's not the solution, what is? Great question, and I'm glad you asked. So ultimately, you know, the, the insurance industry as a whole, you know, they're not, they're not coming up with any, any solutions that are meaningful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same old stuff year in, year out. And so what, you know, after 15 years in the business, I got tired of delivering, you know, poor results to my clients and, you know, really started looking into what are the actual root causes that cause healthcare costs to go up year in and year out. And once you really dial into that and figure it out, it's pretty easy to see that none of the traditional insurance products out there deal with the underlying issues that cause healthcare costs to rise. Okay. So really what an employer has to do is you have to opt out of the traditional fully insured market, self-insure your plan, and you have to work with a broker consultant to actually attack all of the problems that drive costs higher. All right. Now that sounds super complicated. So, you of know, course. I'm a business owner. I want, I want two things. I want my people to be happy that they have benefits that when they go use them, they feel value for their sharing in the cost of that. And two, I want someone to just straight up help us get that done. I imagine that's what you guys do. It's all wonderful. But like, here we are, we're listening on a show. What, what's advice you would give somebody? You'd give me about dealing with my healthcare plan. I'm talking with Michael. Michael, you wrote a book as well, right? So you got the yep. guide to lowering healthcare costs. And can I get that on Amazon or how do I get it? Do I go to your website? Like, where do I find that? You can find that book on Amazon. Uh, you can also um, you know, find links for it on reconstructinghealthcare.com. All right, cool, awesome. And so back to the complicated part. As soon as you said, like, there's all these things, you gotta have this broker, you gotta do that. The CEO in me is like, oh, all right, I'm going to get them connected over to my team coordinator and make sure this gets looked at. But what's advice you'd give? You're, here you are. You have an audience of CEOs that are listening to you. Give us yeah. the roadmap. Even if it's, I know it's simple as we can just contact you, but what's the steps we need to take to really do something serious about this and, and pull the, what I think I heard you say, a bunch of the, the uh, waste or uh, wrong coverage inside of our plan? Well, <clears throat> Let me give you an analogy. So, you know, health insurance today, it's like, it's like giving your employees a credit card yeah. to go to a restaurant with no prices, right? So they're gonna go to the restaurant, the waiter might suggest steak and lobster, the most expensive bottle of wine, and uh, because they're not paying for it, they're gonna go for it. Maybe add a little champagne, have the most expensive dessert, and when the bill comes in, you know, maybe they pay the tip and then they walk out and the bill gets sent to the employer. So that's one of the major problems is there's no connection from the user of healthcare to the actual cost. Yeah, I get it. Right. And there's, and, and part of the problem is there's no price transparency within our system. Like if you wanted to know the cost of an MRI or the cost of your knee surgery before you went into the hospital, you 
You can go and ask for it. You're not going to you're you're tell you. I just had an MRI done not too long ago. And the whole system is, is a menu without prices. There is no, nothing. Right. At yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. But here's the thing. Like, like I want to get, like, you know, I own an accounting firm, right? One of our bit brands is called Fully Accountable. And yeah. people only work with us because they need to. They don't necessarily want to. They want a higher level CFO. They want all this stuff. But they don't want me to be like, all right, you, what you need to do is dig into your financials and go figure this out. Like, it's not what a CEO wants. And so, and I'm sitting here listening to this. And I'm sure you run into this all the time. It's like, this all sounds well and good, Michael. I love it. I need to fix my healthcare benefits. But, bud, before I put a bullet in my head, like, show me and tell me what I got to do. So, like, you, I'm sure you get that, right? It's, a, it's not a Absolutely. conversation. And so where would you push a CEO in the first step? The first, the first step, because what you're saying is the CEO, they want the easy button, right? Easy Show button. me what. Show me the easy button. I got people barking down my neck for clients. I got uh, engagements I have to be on. I have three speeches to prepare for. Like the 4% savings and tax and all the other stuff barking at me for payroll. And now I got to have a, a healthcare discussion in light of all the reform that's going on. Feed me, like save me from my own boredom death. <laughs> well, that's exactly what we do. We try to make it easy. And as, essentially, you know, we try to educate people on what's wrong, why their costs go up, and we give them a prototype model. Here is an alternative model that you can implement that will really address all of these perverse incentives that exist to drive costs higher. And here's the other thing. The model that we put out there it's, it's not just about, you know, it's not about passing more costs onto your employees. It's actually making employees a partner in helping an organization lower healthcare costs. So if, if an employee has two options, right, go to, you know, one place, we'll, we'll stick with the MRI example, you know, cost $1,500. And, you know, there's another place down the road that costs $400. Well, you structure the benefit design where if they go to the lower cost, you reward them. And maybe you waive their copay. Maybe you make it free. And same thing with prescription drugs. You got one drug that costs $3,000. There's another drug that does the same thing that costs $500. And you give them tools and incentives to pick the lower cost one. And when they do, you reward them. So actually, you know, there's a way to lower your healthcare costs and actually make the benefits richer for your employees. That's really cool. So let me ask you a question that, you know, I... I may not be the best example, but I have a mixture crowd that's vastly in the majority worth what the majority is today in workers, and it's millennials. And so my millennial crew is always struggling with, you know, I'm going to live forever. I don't really need health care, and I just want more money in my pocket. And then I have a group of the people in the office who have started their families and have moved up the continuum, and health care is critically important. So you make this big statement, you can save health care costs by 30%. So how do you make both of those work? Well, good that's question. That's the part, right? And then the other corollary question that is, at what size company starts to care about this? Where, so, where do you really see the delta that you can see some real significant movement in the, in the cost savings? Good question. Good question. So um, really, the, the employer threshold is going to be um, over 100 employees. You know, Over 100 employees, you can really start to look at uh, alternative funding mechanisms, which is, you know, 
partially self-insuring or self-insuring your, your health. All right, so, okay, you got it. Got that. So the big company makes a lot of sense to me. What about like 11 to 50 employee? That's the world I live in. Is that mm -hmm. like, and, and it's, our organization is a little bigger than that, but who we service isn't right. It's the, unfortunately it's the 82% mark where we sit and yep. uh, um, where more, most people are employed. Uh, what happens there? That is the small group marketplace, and that is a completely different animal because of the way it's regulated, and you know it varies state by state. Um, you know, some states, um, you know, really they have regulations in place that don't allow an employer to to self insure um, at that that level. That's where I was so, going. I'm a lawyer here in Ohio, and I used to do corporate work, and we would go look at this. And the second you were under a certain size, right, just call it the under fifty employee size. All these other things we could talk about went right out the window because under Ohio's insurance rules, you, you have to you know meet certain criteria to even pull this right. off. And so, so for for the bigger benefit, it, what we should say to our audience is if you want to go down the road of looking at uh, customizing your plan, having some personal ability to do it, you should be above that fifty employee threshold before you even have this discussion. Yeah, really above the the hundred employee threshold. Then, you know, okay. Yeah, ab absolutely. And beyond that, again, depending on which state you're in and yep. state regulations, um, you know, the other the other options I would recommend employers, um, you know, that are smaller to look at are, you know, group purchasing options. You know, is there an option to get together with a bunch of other employers in a similar industry or, or a similar association and pool your volume of, of employee lives together and then try to get some. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. We had our broker come to us and say, Hey, you know, we can go join this like cozy program and we could, we can group up with a whole bunch of other small group. Uh, and it literally significant, literally it significantly uh, improved our premium without diluting any benefits. And it was Absolutely. Uh, really great. I, Absolutely. We're a living testimonial to that works. And so, uh, really good, really good. All right, Michael, not question. So at this point in the show, I like to move around a little bit. By the way, we're talking about Michael Maneri from Reconstructing Healthcare. You can find him at reconstructinghealthcare.com. Awesome stuff on benefits. And, and if you're looking to really uh, take a shot at your benefit and also savings, you should hit him up. Go check him out, what he's doing. He's got a great book. Michael, I want to go to a, switch gears a little bit. You got your own organization, right? And here yep. we are with CEOs. One of the things that as we grow in a business, we're always working on something, right? So, you know, for me, we're uh, beginning of the year, lots, lots of influx of work for both of our brands. Hardest thing for us to be different right now, but it's not about me. It's about you. What's, uh, what's the hardest thing going on in reconstructing healthcare right now for you? You know, I think the, the hardest thing, I mean, we're, we're a growth-oriented company. Um, we're growing, and, you know, with growth comes, comes challenges. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, one of the challenges and struggles that, um, you know, we have is, is recruiting, um, you know, recruiting, you know, good, talented millennials and getting them to, you know, stay and grow with us, you know, in the organization. Um, I think it's a challenge. I mean, millennials want different things and, uh, you know, they don't necessarily maybe have the patience that, um, older generations do, uh, or the same, uh, you know, approaches and attitudes, uh, in the workplace. And so just really trying to create, um, 
you know, a great work environment for millennials where, you know, they have certain pathways to grow because truly they're going to be the next generations of leaders, yeah. right? In, in, in all of our organizations. And so they, they bring with them some challenges in that they, they want different things. They need different things in the workforce than maybe, uh, maybe the older generations do. Yeah, so, so I think how, how big is your organization? Like in team wise, what do you got? How many guys? Team wise in my particular group, we've got about a hundred employees. Okay. Um, and uh, we're, we're actually part of a larger firm that has approximately 2,700. Yeah. So you're a big crew. So like getting together with lunch with like four other people from another department, it's like dealing with another company, right? It's a big crew. So, you know, it's a whole project. Exactly. So you guys have, I assume a, a full-time recruiter on the team, that whole deal. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have our own operations staff. Um, yep. yep. We yep. are able to work with HR in recruiting, but you know, truth be told, I mean, um, when it comes to recruiting, especially in our industry, um, you know, a lot of times it's, um, you know, leveraging, um, your own people, right. And who they know and, and to, to bring in other good folks. Yeah. I mean, I think the referral by employees has always proved well for us. It's uh, we recommend it. You know, we have a brand total team where, you know, we talk about this, the, some of the gaps in recruiting and um, what can be done about that. But, you know, I think as organizations get bigger, you guys take on other challenges that uh, even some smaller businesses don't have, but you also have some other benefits and how you can fix that. So yeah, we're, we're big fans of the referral part. Um, people don't like to refer somebody cause they don't want to get burned twice. Uh, but you know, it's, it's got its downsides too, right? Cause people are like, Hey, my buddy needs a job. So they each have their pros and their cons. So what else is, what's winning in the business right now for you? You know, like what, what's winning in the business is, um, Quite, quite frankly, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having good growth. Um, so I think, um, you know, the, the message that we're putting out in the marketplace is, is resonating, mm. but I really think, you know, one of the, um, uh, challenges that we have is, is educating the marketplace, um, on, you know, the deficiencies in the current model, because I'll tell you what, a lot of people are, are very happy, you know, with the, uh, the status quo. Um, and, you know, not necessarily, you know, willing to look at alternatives, even though it may benefit them and their employees. Yeah, I mean, really, so like, I think that's, if I don't feel like it's broken, why would I want to pay attention to this, right? Like, if, I, if I've tolerated the gas prices going up, i.e. the healthcare prices going up, then as long as I'm not hearing from the pregnant moms in the office that everything sucks, why don't I just go on and do something else? That's right? it. People have gotten numb. People have gotten numb to just seeing their costs go up ten percent a year, and so it's it's become the new norm, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, was, I think I was being as about as patently honest as I could be that like, there's so many other moving things that I feel like I you said it, I I can't even control this. So I feel like I can control so many other moving parts in our business, and you know, soon to be eight figure companies. You know, we're, we're not small, we're small in the world of the stuff we deal with, but in, in, in structure, but yeah, it's just like what part moves. And so it's such a complex thing that it's filled with. So if you want to know more about this audience, this is a critical subject. First and foremost, I'd encourage you to go uh, get his book about how you can save 30% on your healthcare costs. Go find it right off this site, Reconstructing Healthcare at reconstructinghealthcare.com. Michael, what's one 
I always like to like get when we're nearing the end of the show, like what's the one thing you would encourage the CEO to do? If they did nothing else, this is your like go-to move, go do this. Uh, to be honest, uh, my, my recommendation is to download the book um, because it's, it's short, it's a quick read, but at least that way people have an understanding of the deficiencies in the current system and you know, how they can be addressed. We do give an example of how one company um, was able to lower their healthcare costs by 30% in the book. Um, and so it's a roadmap. And so, you know, at least that way, people have an idea of how to do it, how to get it done, if that's something that they're interested in. All right, cool. All right, one final fun one. What's the most, um, what's the most effective way that you take prospects to clients? What's working the best for you right now? Did you hear my question? No, I didn't. Say, oh, sorry, again. Hey, sorry. So what, what was the, um, what's the best thing that's working for you right now? Taking a prospect to client, what, what, uh, either funnel or what way you guys are marketing or what's the most effective thing working for you guys right now? Yeah. From a marketing standpoint, um, you know, one, one of the most effective things that, that we're doing, we host live events, um, you know, throughout the year. Um, and, and, the, the purpose is twofold. One, to uh, bring our clients together and create a forum where you know, we can create some value for them. Um, and at the same time, we invite prospects to these events as well. Right. So it's a great way to uh, get prospective clients in a room with current clients um, so that they can you know, uh, talk about their experience working with yeah. us. And, and you know, it's a great way to just create value for people, to you know, bring them together, give them some good content, uh, give them a networking opportunity and inevitably that leads to relationships and um, you know oftentimes new clients down the road so that's that's one of the things that's been working on. I'm a big fan of live events it's uh, one of the things we promote in uh, one of our education parts of our business to people if you really want to grow your business do live events so that's I'm really glad to hear that because I think it's intimate in the room the close gets to be a lot easier because they the there's an immediacy to it so i love it that's awesome yeah right. i mean pe people buy from from people buy from people who they know like and trust it's mm -hmm. a great way to get to know people and you know move that process forward yeah and they're either going to like you or not like you and then you'll know right away right sure. so you probably get a little more of the like i get a little more of the not like but either way they both vet out the clients and so it's it's good um, all right, cool. What's a, a bit of encouragement you could leave fellow executives with before we end up the show? Hey, I just want everyone to know that there's hope. I want everyone to know that, you know, if, if you're feeling stuck, if, you know, healthcare costs are having an adverse impact mm. on your operations, on your profit margin, that there are alternatives out there that you can look at that can significantly lower your costs and actually improve benefits for your employees. That's awesome. And if you want to know more about that, go check out Michael and their group at reconstructinghealthcare.com. Uh, there's some fun stuff they have at forward slash total CEO. He will, we'll have our, it all be branded for you guys for the show, but also just getting on the site, download that resource about lowering your healthcare costs. Like there's legit things. And now, right, Michael, with what's going on with the current administration and funding of, of the old administration's initiatives, things are changing once again, right? Yep. Absolutely. 
now's the time to get into this mess. And I'm sure because of all the changes, uh, you guys are busy. And so that's great. We're busy over at our, our accounting firm because the tax reform is real. And so we get it. And so now's the time. Right. And folks, if your costs aren't going to go down unless you do something about it. So you got to go look. And if you're too busy, get someone else to go look. And one of the things, Michael, we've that's noted right. that we work with a little bit bigger groups as well. And it's not really the CEO we're talking to. They're the one who's a little bit bothered by it. But we found we're talking to typically either the CFO or even someone uh, on the team department who runs it back up the flagpole. I don't know if you've noticed that experience as well. But uh, in our LinkedIn initiative, sometimes we're going after number two through number six. And maybe number one is uh, just bothered by something and it gets back to him or her. But we don't start there. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think a lot of times it's the HR manager or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, office person, operational person who is, you know, managing this. Um, but ultimately, you know, they're not necessarily interested in, in, uh, in, in massive change, right? Even oh, if it may have yeah, a financial well, benefit. They're going to fight it. And I'll hear from our team person, oh, we have to all fill out forms again. I'm like, and your point? We're going to save 25% and you're bothered about whether we have to go through form fire to fill out all our forms. Like just make that happen. I totally understand. Well, I guess the reason I brought that up was for everybody, our guests included, is that sometimes when you want a CEO initiative to go through, you're going to have to bite on the heels of someone in that two through 10 category to really get the thing started so that ultimately your CEO can sign off on, on, the, on the moving of the iceberg, right? That's, that's exactly it. And this is, this is, I mean, what we do in this, in this arena, this is about meaningful change, right? And, and oftentimes meaningful change is going to be driven at the CEO or the CFO level. Absolutely. It's oftentimes not going to be driven, you know, by HR. No, because they, they're going to do the work anyway. So in either way, it's a whole bunch of forms being filled out. And so it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. All right, Michael, it's been a blast today. So I really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for coming. Vinny, it's been great. Appreciate the time. All right.